It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and well, it's Sunday morning, and Sunday mornings are always a very special time. Uh, if you're like I am, I'm anticipating going to church and being a part of the church family. And I have a pastor. I'm the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry here in Tallahassee. And we're going to talk about the church today. But as I say, well, this is a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. The church is our topic. We talk about the church uh, most of the time. I have people here in the studio with me, and uh, we do interviews. But sometimes it's just me and you. And a day is one of those days. And I want to talk about something that, of, well, it's of great concern to me. And also, in some ways, there's some exciting news to tell you. But uh, we'll get into all of that as the show progresses. Let me tell you, if you want to contact me in any way, uh, area code 850-567-1703. That's the number to give me a call if you want to. Or just come and visit with me this morning at Freedom Road. We start at 1105 frcm.us that's the website we're at 720 capital circle northeast in the crescent park plaza look for our sign on the right hand side of the road as you are getting near park avenue heading toward appalachia parkway and uh, like i say we love visitors and love to have you with us. Let me tell you my rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And that's the way we've done it now for 1,044 shows today. <laughs> that's a lot of talking over a lot of years. But, uh, well, when you're talking about church and you're talking about your passion, well, you got a lot to say. And when it comes to uh, my Lord Jesus Christ, Father God, the Holy Spirit, and His blessed church. I've got a lot to say. And we're going to get there, but we're going to begin with a song. It's a fairly new song by the Gaither Vocal Band, but I love it. It's called This Is The Place. I first heard the song at the uh, concert over at All Nations Church at the Gaither Vocal Band. And I just love the song because I love the church. And uh, I grew up in church, been in church all my life. Been in some bigger churches, uh, grew up in a very small uh, little country church in Sunrise, Kentucky. Have great memories. And, uh, established my faith in that little church. And so uh, the reason why I'm doing this particular show today is because uh, 
I want to express to you how important church is, not only to say it's important to your life and uh, your family, but to your country. Because it's in these churches that we establish values and uh, things that help to make a great nation. And, uh, and I believe that the fact that we have predominantly over the years been a Christian nation has a lot to do with our success. But you take that to its uh, full mature thought and you say, well, if Christianity declines across the nation, where will this leave us as a country? And I believe that's a question that we have to explore. And so, taking a look at some things. Now, I've been aware for quite some time that uh, the church has been in decline. I uh, went to a uh, um, an event called Exponential. This has been several years ago down in Orlando. And uh, the speaker was telling us that uh, at that time, he said, uh, all across America, the church is in decline. And he said, in the North, it's just chronic. But in the South at that time, it's better, but he said it's still in decline, and that's been several years ago. If you uh, took the time to just Google some statistics, you'll find that uh, churches in America are closing at an alarming rate. Ministers are leaving the ministry at alarming rate. Bible colleges are closing up all across the land. This is what we're facing. And, uh, well, so we ask ourselves the question, how is this going to affect your grandchildren and my grandchildren and their children? And to me, it's, it's not a good picture. But you ask yourself the question, it says, why is it that Christianity became so dominant in our country at one time and around the world? And it's, it's a simple word. It's the word of hope. It's the message of hope. Because in Christianity, we believe, not only to say, well, we believe in heaven, we believe in eternal life, we believe in salvation, but we also believe in remission of sin. Because the issue of sin is a huge thing. Um, a lot of, uh, quote, faiths, or you say religions, they have their underpinnings of doctrine. It's somehow or another that the human uh, person can become good enough to save themselves, and in essence to say that they, they themselves become deity. Christianity, we don't believe that at all. We believe when the Word of God says that we are sinners saved by grace. The scripture that says uh, our righteousness is as filthy rags before the sight of the Lord. And we realize and we confess that we are sinners, but we rely on the fact that uh, God sent his only begotten son to the earth to die on a cruel cross to bear the penalty for our sin. And that's where we base our trust. That's where we base our hope. And, uh, well, the message is still the same. 
We're just having a little difficulty uh, proclaiming it. Listen to this. this is over a 2021 to 2050 period. This is the people who uh, study these things and track these things. He said Christians will remain the largest group, we're talking about worldwide, 30% of the world population. So they're, they're saying that uh, this is a, a, a consensus of over the period from 2021 to 2050 that Christianity worldwide will remain, will remain the largest group of the population at 30%. But in the U.S., they're saying it will decline from three-fourths of the population to two-thirds of the population. And uh, as of 2019, it says the decline of Christianity in America is at a very rapid pace. Wow. <laughs> wow. And even to go further, to say that from 2014 to 2020, again, the experts who track this stuff said that 70% of the population identified as being Christian. Now, 2020, following through to 2021, 65% of the population identifies as Christianity. That's a tremendous drop in a very short period of time. There are some bright spots. Some uh, denominations or faiths are growing. Uh, the Roman Catholic is growing. Mormons are growing. Pentecostals are growing. And the historically black denominations are holding their own or even showing increase. So now, what's caused all of this? Well, it has a lot to do with uh, demographics as far as population shifts. And uh, so you figure uh, as society, shall I use the word, uh, uh, degresses as far as its moral standings and standards, lifestyles, then uh, these things affect, of course, uh, church attendance and people having faith. And I'm going to insert something in here to simply say this. I believe a lot of the decline has to do with prosperity. And you say, well, Pastor King, what do you mean, uh, prosperity? Simply this. I said, when people have everything going their way, then uh, they find no need for faith because they have the hope that, they, that they're looking for because their hope is based upon uh, temporal uh, things, things that you can uh, see, things that you can uh, possess. And because of the overall prosperity, there is nothing this causing them to start examining anything or even reaching out for hope because they're satisfied. And, uh, well, it reminds me of a gentleman by the name of Wayne Cadero. Some of you may know him. He's uh, fairly well known, especially on the, the West Coast. 
in Hawaii uh, had a tremendous or has a tremendous ministry in Hawaii. I heard him speak, and he said this. He said that uh, hard times are good times for the gospel. Hard times are good times for the gospel because when people uh, find themselves in despair, they start looking for answers. And, uh, and they start looking for people that they believe they can give them some answers. And oftentimes, it's somebody that they know has faith. And there's somebody who's weathering the storm better than they are because of their faith. And so, hard times, as Brother Cadero said, hard times are good times for the gospel. Now, if you're like I am, again, I mentioned the little church that I grew up in there in Sunrise, Kentucky. The church is still there. Uh, we visited there just a few weeks ago, my wife and I. And uh, uh, congregation is much older. Many of the old saints that I I knew as a child growing up, they're, they're gone to heaven now. And uh, my mother uh, included in that. She was a very faithful uh, member of the Sunrise Christian Church and she raised her boys in that church. <laughs> and uh, of course, she's gone to heaven as well. And many of them have. But they're still a, a good group there. And they're faithful. And uh, like I say, I... I, I grew so much and learned so much uh, for the people of that church. So I have a heart. I have a heart for little country churches that, uh, well, listen to Fortress here. They're talking about that old white church. On a back street in my hometown stands an old white church. It's all run down. And that, uh, that back street in uh, his hometown is uh, in Hosford, Florida. And, uh, uh, well, that little church got renovated. Yeah. Uh, Judge Hosford was uh, on my radio show, on this show, uh, him and a gentleman of the name Ernie Sumner came and sat down with me, and uh, they told me all about it. That little church, uh, it was just like it was described there in the song, and a historical society came in, and they restored that church and turned it into a museum. But uh, you hear the uh, the way that he just described the little church. He said how the, the, the family was there, and uh, they heard the word of God. And, of course, um, it described as, as dealing with the elements of the weather. <laughs> and uh, you see, people today, they can go to church and they can sit in air conditioning and have all the comforts. When I grew up in church, uh, there was no air conditioning. And uh, we used uh, what I describe as uh, funeral home fans. Maybe you don't know what a funeral home fan is. Basically, it's a it's a cardboard uh, fan on a stick with the advertisement of the local funeral home on the back of it. <laughs> and uh, the funeral homes, they gave them out. A good way of advertising, but you just had those little fans going, and of course, they're also shooing off a few flies. And uh, 
I remember our pastor there at uh, so one of our pastors there at the Sunrise Church. He always had a had him a fan, a little small fan on the floor to his at his back. And I guess it was just maybe he just sweat a lot in, the, in his in his back, and he had that fan there. And nobody else had a fan except the old funeral home fans. But uh, well, that's the way I went to church. And of course, uh, we did have heat in the, in the wintertime. Uh, it, it was down in the basement. We had a heater down there, but no, there was no air conditioning. But that's okay. And also, uh, talked about with uh, uh, Brother Farrell here the other day when he was on the show with us, talking about a church without bathrooms. Our church didn't have bathrooms when I was a kid growing up. Never thought nothing about it. Just That's just the way it was. But uh, we had the uh, wonderful joy of the Lord. We had the wonderful joy of, of our fellowship one with another, the love of God. And we sang them, O hymns, and we rejoiced at the joy of our salvation. But you see, it's a different age. And you say, well, why is it that churches are declining? I told you, I think a lot of it just has to do with prosperity. But one of the things that the experts are, are citing, and I think they're right, is the exit of the, uh, what they call the builder generation. And here's the thing about the builder generation, is that you could count on them. And uh, something would come up in the church that required some finances, they'd dig deep. They'd find, I mean, they, they'd sacrifice, do whatever they had to do. And they'd raise the money to take care of that situation at the church, they believed in tithing. I was listening the other day on some radio broadcast, and there was some girl, young woman, and she was just going on about how that those Christians and they they expect the people to give ten percent of their of their of their finances. Do they realize how much of a burden that is on a family? And I said, well, you just don't have a clue, lady. You just don't have a clue. Because what we teach in Christianity is what God has given us in his word. He said, if you will partner with God and you will believe that God will take care of your needs and you'll give him the 10%, he'll bless you with the 90%. And uh, you read the book of Malachi, and he talks about um, Malachi. Yeah, 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 Mal Malachi. Malachi, I'm sorry. Um, and how that, he says, if you will just believe God, then he will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. But he said, if you don't understand the principle, he says, it's like putting uh, something in a bag with holes in it. It'll just, it'll just, it'll just fall out. And so, and Christianity, we believe, and we just, we just, partner with God. We just partner with God. And God brings the increase. And well, the people of the, the builder generation, they understood that principle. And they gave and they supported their churches. And they, they attended. They were there. <laughs> I tell you, I've been pastoring the same church for uh, 42 years, my wife and I. And uh, it's just not the same because it used to be. I mean, when we first came here, you 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 knew the saints were going to be there. Uh, 
Nowadays, it's like you have two or three different congregations. They're never there at the same time. <laughs> and uh, things come up. They're, they're gone. But uh, that generation, you, you knew they were going to be there. and You knew they were going to uh, support it. You knew they were going to live it. And that's a very important part of it. They lived out their faith. But now you turn the calendar. And uh, you say, well, it's, like I say, it's a different day. It's a different age. And I'm not saying that uh, another generation is just all bad. I'm just saying that, uh, um, let's say the builder generation, they, they showed us a way that was very effective, and it worked. And uh, things are different. But nevertheless, as a, as a pastor, as a church, we're here to minister to people. And uh, we will deal with whatever it is that we have to deal with. But one of the things that I had mentioned earlier, and I played the song, The Old White Church, you know, that's a, a rural church. And of course, uh, in, a, in a rural community, you will, uh, your numbers will, will show that, that you're in a small community. There's only so many people there, and you're, you're not going to get everybody in the, in the little town. You're going to get a percentage. So the, that means the congregations are small. But I'll tell you something. A small church can be a very effective church. And uh, there's, a, there's a, a, a community back where I come from in Kentucky. And uh, like I said, the Sunrise Christian Church is just a little village. It's called Sunrise, Kentucky. But not too far away, there's another little community, and uh, that that little burg, it's just a little burg. I'm not even going to tell you the name of it, but just I mean, it's just a little hole in the road. But it used to be, back in the 60s and the 70s, I guess, maybe in the 80s, there was uh, gas stations there, there were, there were grocery stores there, and there was the church and there was activity in that little village. Now, there's none of that now. The only things left there, there's houses, and then there's the church. But this little church just, just thrives. And they've actually sold the old church building, and they've gone down the road just a little bit on the other side of the street, and they've built this big, beautiful uh, building there. And, and they, they just thrive there in that little rural community with, I mean, like I said, there's not even a, a grocery store or a convenience store in that little village anymore. And, uh, but yet it continues to, to thrive because the people who are there, they love their church. And uh, it's a very active church. And uh, they, their pastors, um, well, when uh, I grew up, the, uh, the pastors came from the Cincinnati Bible Seminary. And uh, I attended the Cincinnati Bible Seminary when I got out of high school. But now that, that college is gone. It's gone. doesn't exist anymore. And so you say, well, where do the, where do the pastors to the little churches come from? Because used to be, like when I was growing up, when they, the church was looking for pastors, they'd call the Bible college. And a lot of times they'd, they would uh, have a young man come. Sometimes he'd still be in school. In some of those little churches, but in this church, they always have had a full-time pastor because the people support the church and they can afford to do that. And uh, it's a farming community. I just, I just say all of this because a lot of times 
we can uh, cure some of our own ills. Hello? <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? The scripture says this. Physician, heal thyself. And uh, a lot of our churches, we could, we could do better. We could do better. And I'm, hey, this, this is the preacher now. <laughs> you you got to forgive me now. I'm a preacher. But we can do better. In other words, we can look at the example that the builder generation set for us and they're giving and they're attending and they're supporting. And we can do better. We can do better. Because I was telling my wife, uh, I know of a, a church. They say, let's. I know of a church building. And uh, that's all it is right now. It's just a building. But it's a beautiful building. And it's a very large congregate, a little, a very large sanctuary just sitting there. No people attend that church anymore. And it hasn't been that many years ago. I remember being in that church. And uh, I mean, just glorious. And no longer. Nobody attends that church anymore. And you say, well, what happened there? What happened? Why, why, why did people stop going to that church? Well, it's indicative of what we're facing across the landscape. And one of the things is, and let's just tell it like it is, that uh, so many times uh, we find ourselves being, being just locked into this is the way we do it. And uh, it was effective to, let's say, the builder generation, but it's not effective to the next generation. But churches often refuse to adapt. And you say, well, Pastor King, what does that look like? And boy, you talking about a landmine now. Because sometimes it has to do with music styles, and uh, there's a church, there's there's a there's a book that I read, and uh, this book was written by uh, two men who both of them were pastoring mega churches, and uh, they said that what was happening across the land, he said there's a lot of smaller churches, and what they were doing is that they were just imitating the big churches. So they've they seen the success of these mega churches, and so they just, they just said, well, we're just going to be like them. And even though there were people in their congregation who would support the church and who loved the church and wanted to be a part of it, they, they so changed everything so radically and said to those people who had been faithful to church for years and years and years, you all just go away because we got a new thing going here. And sometimes it worked, but a lot of times it didn't. And there are churches that are sitting empty because of it. But these two brethren, and both of them, as I said, were very successful pastors, pastoring mega churches. They said many churches just changed their music styles and everything else to a so they could attract a certain percentage of the, of, of the uh, population. But they said the truth is, is, is there's only about 40% of the population that's going to come to that church 
regardless of what they do. So in other words, you're saying to the 60% of the population, we don't want you. Well, basically their point was this. You don't have to bring in the rock and roll music. But what you do, you have to do well. And that was their that was their message. He said, you have to do whatever it is you do. You do it well. And uh, you do it in such a way that, well, there are people it will draw. That was their point. And I thought it was a good point. But, like I say, I'm just an old guy. Been around a lot of years, seen a lot of things. I love church. I love God's people. And, uh, I'd love to hear this lady sing. Now, she's gone to heaven now, but Vester Goodman and uh, Lily knows the old wooden church on the hill. I can, I can so identify with that. <laughs> I just can because, uh, like I said, I grew up in a small little country church, and uh, I just love church, love God's people, and uh, love being a Christian, being a part of the Christian faith. And uh, of course, I, I do believe in Father God. I believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, and I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins, and that he is now with my Heavenly Father as my attorney advocate pleading my case. (laughs) And uh, he's saying, Father, he's guilty, because I am, but also I've been redeemed by him, the blood, by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. This is the uh, Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host today, and uh, I get to do this on Sunday mornings here at 8 o'clock here on 94.1. I hope that you'll just make it a habit to join me every Sunday morning. Perhaps you're on your way to church. God bless you for that. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful worship experience today at the church that you attend. And of course, always the invitation, if you don't have a church that you attend, please come and worship with us at Freedom Road. I believe you'll enjoy it. I believe you'll enjoy our church family. We love the Lord. We love visitors. 720 Capital Circle Northeast in the Crescent Park Plaza. And uh, if you're heading uh, on Capitol Circle toward Park Avenue, you cross over Easterwood Drive, which is where you turn into Tom Brown Park there, just a little ways past that, you'll see our side on the, the right-hand side of the road at uh, 1105 FRCM.US. This show will be on the podcast. If you uh, type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee, it'll come up and there'll be all kinds of uh, the daily broadcast that'll be there and also the talk show. This is show number 1044, if you want to look for that. And of course, there's a lot of great interviews with a lot of wonderful people over a lot of years now. They're all there on the podcast. So 
And speaking of the daily broadcast, that's Sunday mornings. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Monday through Friday here on 94.1 at 11 o'clock. It's a daily Bible teaching. I believe it'll be a blessing to you, so I'm inviting you to join me with, uh, for that as well. And for those of us who we, we love Southern gospel music, oh, you know I do. <laughs> uh, Saturday night, 7 o'clock here on 94.1, the Saturday Night Gospel Sing with me, Pastor Jack King, and all the great artists and all the great music. And I'd encourage you to join me with that uh, for that time as well. It'll be fun. It always is. But uh, the church, the beloved church, upon this rock Jesus said, I will build my church in the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Now, I want you to consider something. Uh, I don't know whether you've noticed, as if you haven't. You go into the gas pump now, and uh, here just a few months ago, we were paying like a dollar ninety-eight a gallon, um, and then here just recently it started going up, and it was like a a two two fifty, two sixty, two seventy, two ninety. Now it's uh, last time I filled up, it was two dollars and thirty. No, three dollars. I'm sorry, uh, I knew something was wrong there. <laughs> three dollars. $3.49, and it's going to keep growing. It's going to keep going up and up and up and up. And uh, I've been listening to people talking about going to the grocery store. And that's just a few areas that's going to be affecting us as a society. Remember what I told you that Wayne Cadero said? Hard times are good times for the gospel. And when people get to the point that they can't pay their bills, they can't put gas in their car, and they can't pay the rent, people start looking for answers. And uh, church, we need to be ready because we have answers. We have hope for people. And I'm not talking about come to my church and I'll give you some money because that's, that's not going to happen. But if you come to our church, I'm going to give you hope. And I'm going to teach you about faith. And I'm going to teach you about trusting God. And we'll help you weather the storm that's coming. And I'm telling you, it's coming. It's coming. But uh, remember, our times are good times for the gospel. One of the things that... Uh, you'll find in the church, in the realm of churches, is that there was a time when people were would be loyal to a church, particular church, because their family went there. But in the, the newer generation, that didn't seem to be as a, much as a draw. There was a time when people were, were loyal to denominations, but uh, if you've noticed what I've noticed, most people don't even want to put the name of the denomination out on the front of their the church anymore. They're just going to more uh, generic things like uh, we're we're faith church or we're hope church or we're this church or whatever. And uh, well, we did it. <laughs> so let's just let's just be straight here. We uh, my church we're a part of the Open Bible 
uh, church family. The Open Bible Church is out of Des Moines, Iowa, but uh, we did a DBA, and we're Freedom Road Christian Ministry now. Our, our title doesn't say anything about Open Bible Church, even though legally we're still first church of the Open Bible, but we're known as Freedom Road because that's the trend. So people don't seem to be as drawn to denominations. However, there are certain denominations that are seeing increase. And I, I, I don't want to be such a downer today to where there's no good news at all because there is good news. And uh, uh, here's the list. Southern Baptists, uh, 10, uh, let's see, 16 million. There's 16 million uh, Southern Baptists. There's a Northern uh, National Baptist, 3.5 million United Methodists, 8.3 million. I understand that there's some uh, conflict going on there right now. We'll see how that works out. Church of God in Christ, 5.5 million. Latter-day Saints, 5.3 million. Presbyterian, 3.5 million. And uh, Assemblies of God, 2.6 million. Fastest growing uh, African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church with a 12% growth. Catholics are experiencing 2.5% growth and the, the Mormons and uh, Assemblies of God are both experiencing 2% growth. So, I mean, there's, there's some good news, but uh, still across the landscape, there's, uh, well, there's trouble. There's trouble. And uh, one of the things that I question, and I question it in my own self, and I question it within my own church, my own, is uh, what happened to evangelism? What happened to one-on-one just talking to your neighbor? Just talking to your neighbor about their faith. And uh, talking to them about, you know, where are you in your, your overall belief in God and uh, what do you think about heaven? Just having those conversations with people because there's no doubt that the number one way that people come to faith is one-on-one, one-on-one. When people just, somebody just talks to somebody about their faith. You see, we went through the eras or the era of the electronic church and I don't, I don't watch cable, so, so I don't even know what's going on there. And I know that there are still churches out there that are doing this. But during the days of, uh, of course, Jimmy Swaggart was, was huge, and uh, PTL uh, was huge. And, of course, both of those experienced uh, traumatic things that caused them to, to cease to exist. Now, I know Brother Swaggart is still on cable, but he's not doing what he was doing before. And, and a lot of people were dis- uh, enfranchised with church, disappointed with church. A Catholic church went through a, a terrible ordeal. A lot of people, um, they got discouraged. But I'm going to tell you something. You can be discouraged, but don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. You may, you may have to leave a denomination, but don't give up on God. Don't give up on your faith. Find someplace else to go be a part of the family of God. Because church, uh, church is so important. 
and it has such a positive influence in people's lives. Listen to this old song with the Dixie Melody Boys. I just thought I'd play it for you. The Old Country Church. With my friends at the Old Country Church. You see, the story that they're telling, talking about a man who's gotten away from church, gotten away from God, and he has a burden. He has a burden in his heart. And he found his way back to that old church. And he left there, having confessed his sins and asked God to forgive him. And he left there with a peace and joy in his heart. And that is, that is the hope. That's the hope for the church. That's the hope for humanity. That's the hope for America. You see, I didn't want to leave you just all bummed out. I want to tell you that there's hope, and uh, we can be a part of that. Steve Hess and uh, well, Southern Salvation. He has he has the the message. It says, "Carry the message. Take the message to the world. We have hope. We have hope. We have hope." in this world that their lives are just messed up and uh, people are full of anxiety and uh, they're turning to all kinds of things to try to find relief and find answers we have the answers we have what people need and that is the gospel the good news the good news of hope and of salvation and of joy. We have the message. As Stephen Hess has said, carry the message. Church, we need to be busy in the harvest. Father God, I pray the Lord that you'd help us. You'd help us, Father God. And Father God, that you'd help us as Americans, Lord God, to turn to faith, O oh God. And Father, we pray for peace around the world. We pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.